welcome back to the Dorsey Healthy Living Show. This is episode number four, and today we have another awesome guest on the show, a very close friend of mine, Kirsten Dye. Kirsten is another high school homie and is also very close with Jacob and Kevin from the past two weeks. She has had her own awesome health journey, and I am very excited for her to share that with you all today. She gives great perspective on what she enjoys and how she finds success with it. Before getting to her story, she acts as CEO of a company and almost convinces me to quit my day job and go work for her. Insane, right? With that, enjoy the fourth episode of the Dorsey Healthy Living Show. Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Dorsey Healthy Living Show. I believe this is episode four. We had Joe Dre on first. Yeah, Joe Dre on first. Jacob Parker, JP, Kevin Horner, and now another hometown homie, Kirsten Dye. Yeah. Uh, so we, we went to high school together. Um, she's one of my really good friends uh, who I've known for about a decade now. So I have, you know, a lot of people I've known for for a decade now. So welcome to the show. Thanks for thanks Thank for coming you. on. So thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, thanks for everybody who's watching or listening, depending on where you are. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're good. We got something something good in store today. So I hope everybody enjoys. So uh, I guess we'll go ahead and, and get it started. Uh, so Kirsten, who is, who is Kirsten Dye? Hello. Thanks again, Jeremy, for having me. Um, so my name is Kirsten. As Jeremy said, we went to high school together. Um, after high school, I went to the University of Iowa, where I pursued a degree in math. So I now live in central Illinois, where I am studying to be an actuary. I work at an insurance company um, in the enterprise risk management department. So when I'm not working, I'm studying for exams. Um, That's just part of the career I chose. Um, I like to hang out with my cat. I work out tend to watch Netflix. I love to travel. (laughs) (laughs) All of the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to watch on Netflix? What's your favorite show? Uh, My all-time favorite show is How I Met Your Mother. Yes. But I'm big into reality TV. So The Bachelor, Bachelorette, anything reality TV, Bravo shows, I'm all over it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I did. I did watch The Bachelor this year. A good show for those who haven't seen it and everybody who's going to come at me and say, oh, you're a dude and you watch The Bachelor. Dudes watch The Bachelor too. It's a great show, especially because people Love the drama. Exactly. People embarrass themselves. Makes you feel better about yourself. Uh, Well, that's not why I watch it, but it's just funny. It's good. It's comical. It's fun reality TV. So you said you're an actuary. I know that, I'm going to just say, is that job hard? The job itself is a little bit difficult. You really have to like math, working in spreadsheets, um, a lot of data analytic type stuff. Um, The really hard part of it is the exams. So in order to be an actuary, you have to take a series of exams. Um, So there's two different sides. So there's the property casualty side of insurance. So that's your car insurance, home insurance, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, there's life, health, that kind of stuff. So I'm pursuing the property casualty route. So there's a series of exams that you take. It's um, on the side I'm doing, I'm pursuing to be an associate casualty actuary society. 
um, actuary. Um, so there, it ranges. So first few exams are a little bit easier. You kind of learn that stuff in college. And then mm -hmm. as you work your way up, they get harder. Um, they require a lot of studying. So as I said, in my free time, <laughs> I am studying a lot. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very hard exams, but I mean, it's kind of equivalent to getting your master's or doctorate um, if you want to think of it that way. So Yeah. So basically, if when I buy a house, if a huge tornado comes through and knocks half of it over while the other half is still standing, I should come to you, right? Well, no. Oh. <laughs> so an actuary on the property casualty side, so they're the ones that are going to tell you how much you have to pay for your home insurance or your How much insurance. I have to pay? So, pay anything. <laughs> well, you know, if you want the coverage, you got to pay the price. Okay. Well, never mind. I don't want to go down that path anymore because <laughs> I don't have that much money. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and get into our little, uh, little fun question or two. The first fun question, she'll, at, she'll answer and then I'll answer second as per the theme. You have your room, your desk, and your car. Which one do you clean first and why? My car, my room, and my desk. Um, I would definitely clean my room first. As you can see, it's pretty tidy. I do like to keep it a little bit clean. It is, it is. Um, especially now because with the times we're living in, I work where I live and I live where I work. It's all kind of combined into one. So. Mm -hmm. My desk, I tend to keep clean just because I have my work laptop and my monitor, so I try to keep it tidy. Um, my car tends to stay pretty clean. I think the only thing that I really have in there is straw wrappers, which save the turtles, use reusable straws. <laughs> yes, yes, um, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, but you know, Starbucks just kind of gets you sometimes. Um, so yeah, definitely my room. Okay. How about okay. you? That's fair. Yeah. For me, it's my desk. I can't work in an unorganized space and I'm a very unorganized person, but I like to write things down and, and stuff. So I need, I need my thoughts to be organized, which means I need my desk to be organized. And I spend so much time at my desk, so much thoughtful time at my desk that I need all of that to be organized. My car stays pretty clean too. I don't like a messy car. My room on the other hand, I'll just be straight up could be a lot more organized. And because I'm generally unconscious or subconscious, not unconscious. I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> generally subconscious when I'm in my room, other than watching TV, I generally don't keep my room as clean as the next person like you. But for me, it's definitely my desk and then my car. But I definitely need to clean my car right now. It's been a little bit since I've cleaned my car, but we're not driving that, that, that much. COVID, that is COVID's, very kind of, true. Yeah, COVID's kind of kept us from, from driving. So I guess that's okay. I, mean, I will say, I will say that living where I work has changed me. I used to not be a very cleanly person, um, but it was hard because when you go to work for eight hours a day and then you come home, you work out, the last thing you want to do is your laundry or put your laundry away and clean. So now that I'm home 24-7 almost, it makes it easier to be clean because yeah. I don't have an excuse. I have all the time. Fair enough. And just so people know, we're not dirty people. I'm just an no, unorganized no. <laughs> person. There's a difference between being dirty 
and being unorganized. I'm just unorganized. Yes. I'm very clean yes. still. So yeah, I no, agree. That's, I agree. That's okay. On to question number two. This one's a little deeper, so you may need some time to think about it, but that's okay. Okay. If you were CEO of a company, name one thing that you would make compulsory in the office or require law, whatever, and one thing that you would ban from the office. Okay. Let me think about this. So it, the required is easy for me. Um, I think one thing that I would require is some sort of rec room or multiple rec rooms. So something that would include ping pong tables, pool tables, okay. foosball, maybe a karaoke machine. Ooh, I need to come work for you. <laughs> Um, I mean, there are multiple studies that show that a good work environment is important and beneficial to a company. Um, mm -hmm. It increases productivity, creativity, innovation. Um, and I, I think it also kind of instills an even better worth ethic, ethic in the employees. Um, maybe throw a nap room in there because I know there have been multiple days where on my lunch, I wish I could go take a 30 minute nap. Absolutely. And if I could go take a 30 minute nap, I think I'd come back the rest of the day ready to take on even more work. So I definitely think a rec room can be beneficial and just giving them a, a good work environment is so important. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. What about so, one thing you'd ban from the office? So one thing I'd ban is I get, inflexible hours or a 40 hour work week. So okay. I'm very lucky and fortunate that the company I work for and the boss that I work for allow me to have flexibility in my hours. So what I mean by that is if I'm going out of town on a Friday and I don't want to take PTO, my boss says, great, put your hours in Monday through Thursday, take Friday off. You don't need to take PTO. I think one thing people get burnt out on work. If you're not allowing people that flexibility, they're going to get burnt out. They're not going to want to take PTO. So, I mean, burnout is never good. Right. So I think having the flexible hours is so key or letting people work remotely. So that's another thing. If I need to work remotely because I'm just not feeling well and I don't want to get anyone else that works sick, but I'm well enough to work from home, I have that ability. So I think just overall, the flexibility in hours, thankfully ours is only 38.75 hour weeks. Mm -hmm. And even that extra few, like 20, 30 minutes in a work day is, that's time you can be working out. Right. So I think flexibility just really allows employees to not get so burnt out. Yeah, I definitely. So whenever you start this company, let me know because I'm going to come work for you because if I can okay. take naps, play foosball, watch some movies and don't have to stay till five, I'm there. So I mean, uh, who wouldn't want to go play pool on their lunch or there. go have a work meeting over ping pong? I think it just Absolutely. really, really would help team building, too. It would yeah. help you get closer to your team. You wouldn't dread going to work as much if you know and you can like look forward to something like that. And I think giving your employees and showing your employees that you trust them, um, mm -hmm. as long as they don't take advantage of that, I, I think it would be fine. Yeah. And I, you know, I think with that, I don't think 
I think there's a little, a minimal chance for people to, to kind of overindulge in those things because of the pressure of, okay, I don't want to be seen in here for an hour straight or half the work day, but also doing those kinds of things allows for a lot of creative space. So I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So my thing that I would make compulsory or required is definitely not as fun as Kirsten's, (laughs) but I would make compulsory the open floor format, open table format. I would get rid of all desk clumps. I've always said that I don't want to work in a place that had, you know, barriers and obviously or desk cubicles. Clumps, cubicles thank you. <laughs> and you know, those are kind of inevitable in most places. Most places have yep. them, but the the whole gray wall cubicle, minimal amount of lights in the office is very boring to me. So I would get rid of all that. You know, bring some bright lights in, but especially the open table format. I think it inspires conversation. And as somebody who loves to talk, as you guys can see, uh, I think it's I think it would be really good. And it also inspires create creative space, but also just allows conversations to kind of flow back and forth, which I think is important in the workplace because many times we can all just go to work and not say very many words to anybody and then just come home. So especially with technology and headphones, people can put in right. music. So no, I would definitely the open table format is kind of my idea. Not as fun, but I also think super important. And a little less conventional as far as the thing that I would ban, less conventional than requiring the 40-hour work week because I really like that. I should have stolen that. But um, the thing that I would ban are ties, like the ties that we wear. Then <laughs> for women, <laughs> any, any kind of dress-up thing – I, I would ban I would ban all that personally I like to wear if I'm gonna if I'm gonna look presentable I don't like to wear suits I wear them to interviews and such because it's what makes me look my best but personally I don't feel my best in those I feel my best when I'm comfortable I am comfortable in shorts and a t-shirt and while that's likely too casual a polo and some nice kind of pants and the equivalent for women which I apologize and I'm not sure what that is a blouse and a skirt boom there it is the equivalent for women, whatever we can be comfortable in. And so I said ties because ties generally imply that you need to dress up, but it's the whole concept of having to dress up that I would ban. No ties, wear a polo, wear some nice pants, a hoodie. Let's, let's come to work comfortable, get some work done. I don't want to be worried about, Oh, my tie is too tight. My shirt doesn't fit right when I'm trying to do work. I need to be comfortable and in that space to do those kinds of things. So. I would require open table format. I would ban dressing up. Kirsten, we also call her KJ, would require rec rooms, which is awesome. I need to work for that company and would ban. There are companies that do that right now. So it's out there. I need to do that. And then she would ban the uh, 40 hour inflexible hours. So no, that's great. So thank you for that. We are going to now move on to the third and final segment the main event the nitty-gritty we're gonna get right into it kirsten my first question out of the nitty-gritty is actually back up having been your friend i've seen kind of your health journey transition transition, do a lot of things you know from when we were freshmen in high school to now two a year and a half two years out of college so my first question for you is how have you seen your eating habits change over the last few years in your personal health journey? So, I mean, it's, 
it was kind of different. When I was in high school, I was the type of person that would go to the Y after school every day, work out if I wasn't um, active with after school activities. Um, my family growing up, we ate dinner together every night. Um, and my mom always cooked for me. So when I went off to college and I didn't have that capability to eat whatever, I mean, I guess I have the capability to eat whatever I wanted, which was almost the issue. So eating dorm food, not always fun. Yep. Um, so that was a little bit tough for me because I was used to my mom cooking me meals almost every day and being able to have healthy food in my life. And so then going on to college, you kind of just eat whatever is accessible in a dorm and eat too much of it because it's buffet. Mm -hmm. And so I would still work out, but not enough. So then transitioning to living in an apartment, again, you kind of eat in college, what's the cheapest and you're balling on a budget. And so you don't want to put much time. And when you're just cooking for yourself, it's also hard. Um, and now that I am an adult, or I like to think of myself as an adult. Um, you are. We are. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that I'm, well, I can afford healthier food, which is great. I'm taking the time. I have the time to fuel my body with food that is going to benefit me. So I'd say definitely in the last year, year and a half, um, is the best I've been at my fooding ha- food eating habits. Um, I now look at everything as, is it going to fuel me? How is it going to make me feel? Am I going to feel bloated after I eat it? And more looking at things on the 80-20 side scale. So I love that. I'm never going to give up Chick-fil-A or my ice cream. Yeah. But it definitely over the last year and a half or so, I've been able to find how my body reacts to certain foods. So I have been one of those people that I cut out gluten and dairy and all of that kind of stuff. And it is crazy how that stuff can make you feel. So introducing all that stuff back in, I noticed that I eat gluten or dairy, I'm going to feel bloated after. And obviously, I'm not going to give that up completely. But it does show you that food can affect your energy and how you feel and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I love what you said about 80-20, you know, because I think there's, there's a big stigma in the health food community that in order to be healthy, you have to give something up or give multiple things up, whether that's carbs, which don't make you fat, by the way, for anybody out there, no. carbs make you fat. Overeating <laughs> is what causes us to gain weight, not specific carbs. And, you know, just the whole 80-20 spectrum, you don't have to give up sugar. You don't have to give up dairy. You don't have to give up sweets, you know, right. all fast food. You know, you still eat Chick-fil-A. You still, you know, eat the things that you enjoy. And I think that's what's important right. is combining that kind of physicality with the mental side of things and not driving yourself crazy, but also realizing that what you eat is going to affect you in one way or another. Yeah. Is this positive? Is this negative? And then how do I feel mentally in that space as well? So that's right, awesome. Right, right. What are some Can of the I, things? Go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. I, 
I say 80-20, but you know, I, I am a work in progress. It's probably more 70-30, but I also, for me, um, so one of my big workouts is kickboxing, and I know that the days that I burn more calories, I still try to stay within my range, but I don't count calories necessarily. I just kind of in my head try to estimate and not overeat, but I do those days that I, I know I'm going to have a harder workout or if I want to eat Chick-fil-A or ice cream, I just kind of know that I should burn a little bit more that day. So it's all about balance and that's yeah. definitely what I've learned um, especially over the last year and a half that I've really tried to be on this so-called journey, I guess. Um, yeah. and I think, but, I think in doing that, you know, it teaches you kind of long-term habits yeah. as well, because by not giving up the things you enjoy and realizing that you can have them. And as long as you balance everything out, when you, when you're 49, 50, you can be doing the same exact thing you are now at 25. Right, right. 25. So you know, it's just... 20, it's, how old am I? 24. 24. We're 24. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, the point still stands. So, no, yeah. that's great. No, I absolutely. absolutely love that. You know, you indulge when you want to, but you don't indulge Monday through Sunday on right, every, right. everything in the world. So, you know, that, that's really awesome. And I, I really like that. My second question of the nitty gritty is, you mentioned kickboxing. And so I've known you to enjoy kickboxing, a little bit of running, and maybe not so much other things. So what do you like about kickboxing and running as opposed to other forms of physical fitness, especially those that are not as conventional? I know running's pretty conventional and plenty of people do kickboxing, but there's, you know, the gym weights, there's a lot of different things that you can do. So what do you, what do you find appealing about kickboxing and running as opposed to other forms of fitness? So I'm someone that gets bored very fast. Um, and I have never been someone that has enjoyed lifting weights. I wish I did. I absolutely wish I did. Um, but I just never have. And if I have someone that is going to pull my arm, take me into the gym with me, tell me exactly what weights to lift um, in every exercise and hold my hand through all of it, great. I'll go do it. I have nothing against it. Um, but at this time of my life, I've just found that a, I really enjoy kickboxing and it's one of those things that I don't dread doing, which I think is key in a workout. If yeah. you dread going to the gym to lift weights, you're never going to do it. Absolutely. And so it was one of those things that I tried and I ended up absolutely loving. So the place I go, has Monday, Wednesday, Friday kickboxing, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is resistance training. So doing workouts with bands, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just found that going for 45 minutes and getting a nice workout in um, is good for the mental health. Absolutely. Um, go punch a punching bag or <laughs> kick it and tell me how you feel after. Yeah. So being an actuary, I got to release the stress, you know, 100%. Um, and so it was just something that I really enjoyed and the 45 minutes goes by so fast. It's a group effort. So we're all encouraging each other, um, doing a little whoops and hollering during the workout and it just, <laughs> it goes by fast. So it's yeah. fun. You have a trainer. Um, and then I do enjoy running 
but I'm not the best at it. I never have been a runner. Um, training for a 5K is full-on training for me, but I I enjoy it. And By the fact that you enjoy running, you are a runner, by the way. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I can manifest it, I guess. Just saying. Um, but I have lately gotten back into running. Um, of course I do it now that it's getting hot outside, but I find that it really helps mental health too. It's 45 minutes where all I'm thinking about is one foot in front of the other, really pushing myself. And it just kind of shows me that I can do anything I set my mind to. So I, in college, I would go to the rec and get on a stair stepper or whatever but now that I've kind of moved to my adult life I've just found that kickboxing really works for me and really pushes me to have a good workout yeah and I think I think one of the biggest takeaways there is finding what you enjoy doing I think many times people are doing fitness for the end result which that's great but also enjoying the process is just as important because like you said with with respect to weightlifting for you, somebody has to pull your arm and tell you what to do. If you, yeah. if you go to the gym and try to lift weights by yourself, that might last a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Whereas by enjoying kickboxing and punching a bag and, and yelling and screaming and you know, with your running, putting one foot in front of the other, pushing yourself, doing the things that you enjoy, right. like, that's awesome to hear that you know, it's group-oriented. You're literally hitting a bag as hard as you can releasing stress and you do it because you love it and not necessarily just because of some kind of end result, which is awesome because I don't think a lot of people do that. Some people are more so about the end result than the process and you're about both, which is why you've been able to stick with it, which is awesome. So maybe I've done kickboxing before. It is really fun to do and just like punch and jump. Yeah, everything. (laughs) It is is a ton of fun and a fantastic workout. If you haven't tried it, I highly suggest it. And it's a mix, it's a mix of both kind of cardio and strength training almost because, um, I mean, you're punching a bag, but if you hit it hard enough, you can get muscles from that. And just, I mean, we do core in between and jumping jacks. It's just a mix of everything. So, and I really like that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I really appreciate that perspective on everything because, you know, I think there's, there's stigmas against different things and all of those are easily breakable by us just doing the things we enjoy doing. And you know, like you say, right. cardio and strength training. You may not be able to build gigantic muscles from kickboxing, but if you don't want gigantic muscles, then who cares? Like, it, like that, that, that's not the goal. Then who you just cares? throw the push-ups in there. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So with that, I will wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your perspective today. That was awesome. Really great talk. And like I said, when you become CEO I don't know if it's going to be Kirsten Dye Industries, Kirsten Dye Inc., whatever it is. I want to be the first hire so that I can get in the rec room <laughs> okay. and start beating everybody at ping pong because I'm the best. And if anybody wants to challenge me on that, I'm just kidding. I'm not the best. So I'll, uh, I'll hire you as our, our employee's nutrition coach. There we go. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Personal trainer, friend, whatever yeah. you want to be to them. 100%. I'll create my own title. So Okay. Okay. Sounds awesome. great. So, but thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. For Kirsten Dye, I'm Jeremy Dorsey, and we'll see you next time on the Dorsey Healthy Living Show. Bye. Bye.